Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and that just gave me chills. This is show number two, and I entitled this episode, Executing the Siege, Second Wave Fears and Troubling Times. The clip you just heard right there was the good folks of Australia fighting up against these COVID-19 tyrannical lockdown orders. That's right. You have the people of Australia waking up to this tyranny. As Americans are sitting here held hostage by corrupt politicians and terrorists. But first, before we get into this, a few quick updates. If you didn't listen to the high-octane minicast we did with David Nino Rodriguez exposing the enslavement, you're missing out. We doubled up by doing an episode breaking down the BLM co-founder, Patrice Cullors, admitting that she practices witchcraft. Yeah, that's right. She does this. Spirit cooking on a whole other level. I won't lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. The episode covered, the content covered in this episode is really, really intense. It is not a lighthearted episode. We're talking about the 50-day siege on the White House, economic turmoil, spiritual corruption, and so much more. But first, a few quick updates. If you haven't gotten storable food, check the link in the description bar below. We have that in spades. Lastly, if you guys want to support this operation, think about becoming a patreon.com forward slash exclusive member. Every dollar helps, and I go over that in this edition and some of the other changes that are coming down the pipeline. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1031, season 10, episode 31. You know, we have a lot of different things to talk about, from Antifa doing their White House siege, to BLM admitting that they're practicing witchcraft, to the so-called Jacob's Trouble, as prophesied in the Bible, uh, Israel signing that peace treaty. You know, there's a lot of different things going on in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing else for me to really say. I mean, we'll jump right into the news. You know, you can see the headlines. You can see right outside your, your window. There's no conspiracy going on, man. It's out there in the open. That's a lot of what I freaked out about earlier this week. The externalization of the hierarchy, right? How they're saying, yeah, no, we want your babies. Yeah, no, we practice witchcraft. Yeah, no, we we are pedophiles. Yeah, no, we do this strange stuff. It's 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 no longer like hearsay, or I don't have to have documents, or 
I'd have to pull up, you know, statements from Ted, Ted Gunderson, you know, retired head of the FBI, California head division. You know, I don't have to pull up any of this information. Like, you can go out there and you can see it. And people are so charged these days, uh, whether or not they wear their hearts on their sleeves or if they're so politically active and charged, you know, you can tell what type of people people are these days, man. You can see whether or not they're they're pulling from something good and wholesome and decent or whether or not they got something working through them that they need to work through. You get me? Um, here's what I'm trying to say. And I'll say this. I'll tell you guys this little quick story <clears throat> as the intro and then we'll we'll get the episode started. You know, I had uh, one of my buddies called me earlier today or yesterday or the day before yesterday, last, a couple nights ago. And uh, he popped into the Instagram live a couple days, a couple weeks ago. I talked about him, and uh, he he just told me how he basically gave his life over to God, and you know he had talked to me about again being plagued by a demon that he thought he had since childhood, and so I had known him since childhood. Uh, and you know, one of the girls that he was with, I thought, man, this chick over here, she's doing some dark demonic stuff, bro. Over here, you know, painting herself up and looking kind of strange and uh, looking at dark textbooks and occultic stuff. We'll get into this in the second segment, but it's a good thing to start. And he says, no, EJ, you got it all backwards, bud. I did her wrong. You know, I was cheating on her. You know, I wasn't being faithful. I wasn't being forward. I was leading her on, you know. I was not the faithful one. And so he tells me this story about how he basically gave his life over to Christ. He's out there in Seattle. You know, he's got a new lady now. She's a correctional officer. Uh, you know, he's taking care of her kid. Of, of her kid, And it was just so powerful. But to hear him tell me of this story of overcoming this, 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 this fear demon was so powerful. It was such a powerful testimony. I wish you guys could have heard it. You know, he's talking about how because he's a practicing Aikido master, like he's been doing that for the past 12 years. Even while doing Aikido, you know, he felt like something was plaguing him. He would have people over that were spiritually sensitive and he would talk about it and it would, it would, it would, it would manifest himself until one day, you know, he finally decided to do something about it. Um, and his Aikido master, his teacher, right. Ended up being a Christian and ended up reaching out to other people within the community to help him cleanse and get rid of the spirit. And I thought, wow, that is such a powerful testimony. And, and, and there's more to it. You know, but I wanted to start this episode off by telling you guys, there is a very real and obvious battle against good and evil. And people have to choose good. It's not going to be easy. You know, we freaked out, or I, I freak out all the time about the escalation of evil. But to a degree, I shouldn't because that just shows where people are operating at and the choices they make. So to put like a good bow on the end of the story, you know, he tells me that he just had some stuff going on. And <laughs> at the time my lady was making a cake because we have eggs, you know, endless amounts of eggs because of the chickens we have now. So we were just making cakes. Uh, and I pulled out my phone and he says, you know, I was just having a, I was just having a wild hair. I was going to go pick up some food to, go have dinner with my lady's girl. She's basically my daughter now, you know, and I just, I, I remember catching your live the other day and you were talking about God and trying to, trying to do all this. And it just really touched me. And I just wanted to give you a call. It gave me a call. Ladies making cake. I said, shucks. Yeah, you know, I'll take some time. I'll listen to you, bud. what's going on. 
It's like, I've just got some stuff going on, and I just wanted to tell you how I gave my life over to Christ. And I'm like, you know what, man? That is so powerful. Like, I wish, and this was what I said, I wish that I could have such a concrete, definable moment of being able to go through that transformative process. Um, he was talking about how on, on the Instagram Live, I called myself like a pseudo-Christian, and I, th- I still do, even though I still study the texts, look at the scripture, you know, and, and, and study the word like every day, and I thank God every day. I don't feel like I'm like a devout Christian like most people. Um, but I said, I wish I could define my, 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 my conversion as much as you. I think just seeing all of this, and I think, and, and this is how I'm trying to start the show, seeing all of this overt evil escalate over the several years of doing this, it has done nothing but make my faith that much stronger. And I think that's what a lot of people here, uh, who have listened to the show for extended periods of time can hear. It's not, I'm like, I, like I tell you, I'm not trying to jam my faith down your throat. I'm just trying to talk to you guys about my own personal experiences uh, confronting all of this and how I do need God through a lot of the things that we do. Uh, We should be, if anything, having more prayers to start the show off so that we don't get hack attack, so that we don't get like our our, our, uh, connection severed. You know, there's a lot of different things that have happened over the years, guys, and, and, and I know it sounds silly. I know a lot of people don't think I'm real, like I'm just some fake personality, but this stuff is very real, and there is an obvious battle for good and evil. And if you can't tune into that, you're probably not wanting to tune into that, and that's a different discussion. I'll say this, and I'll get started with the show. You know, he says, oh, EJ, like a lot of people around me are atheistic. You know, sometimes they mock me because of my faith, and I'm like, that's okay, bro. Like, real talk, that's okay. Because it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. It takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. It takes a lot of faith to say that there is no God. Okay. And I said, you know what, bud? Don't let those people take, that, take, their, take your faith from you. Okay? The fact that they like to heckle, demean, persecute, and do all these different types of things, that just means that they have no faith of their own, that they truly do believe in nothing. If anything, and I've been having a lot of conversations with kids lately, this is what I was trying to talk to him about. If anything, what you need to do is try to figure out how to turn these adversaries, these spiritual adversaries, into allies. A lot of the people that come at you, they have these issues because they have no understanding of it themselves. Talk about what God has done for you. Talk about how you've gone through the process. Don't don't try to Bible thump and, and, and throw it at people. Just be honest. You know, just lay it out there. People think it's 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 some hunky dory, you know, uh uh milk toast type thing it's really not christians are some of the most radical people i've ever met as far as their their faith man they're disciplined and people who 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 say they have no faith in god and then attack others that's truly because they come from a place of either arrogance ignorance or foolishness and so you have to rectify that with truth and so it was a powerful conversation i won't i won't i won't i won't go off on a jag but you guys get what i'm saying I wanted to start this episode off with this because we are being confronted with so much overt like corruption and lawlessness that it is, in fact, summoning the authoritarianism that we've talked about time and time again. And I think with that being said, it's the best for us to get into the show. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those types of episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just before coming onto the air, right? Just before I got here with you guys, Instagram was down. Instagram and Fedbook was down. Hack attack? Who knows? I say, I think it was because of uh, the hashtag White House siege that's going on right now. 
But uh, here, let's go ahead and start getting into this. Two weeks ago, we covered with you Adbusters calling for a 50-day siege starting on September 17th, which is today, the day that we were recording uniting all the domestic terrorist groups for the new world order. This was two weeks ago. We put this up September 17th. It comes from Jeffrey Grider over there at Now the Ends Begins. And now we have the Transition Integrity Project being funded by Bill Gates and George Soros. Not Bill Gates, just George Soros. Bill Clinton is behind the Clinton Global Initiative. Now we have Antifa, BLM, Refuge Fascism, you know, Indivisible, uh, the Women's March. We have all these different groups being funded by Soros, and it legit feels like something out of Lord of the Rings, where there's just these massive armies of different people coming together to lay siege on the White House to cause such political chaos and such civil disobedience that things are crazy. I'm going to get into this, and then we're just going to try to start flying through some of these articles to paint that picture of what's going on. If you're feeling the tension, it's because of what's happening right now. It's the organization, not necessarily of evil, but the manipulation of the heavens. Let's, take, let's, let's get into this. It says, we will lay siege to the White House, and we will sustain it for exactly 50 days. This is the White House siege. If you thought that the last four months of watching America's democratically controlled cities be set on fire, hundreds of millions in damage to minority-owned businesses, women raped, 13 people killed by the Antifa and Black Lives Matter domestic terrorist groups was something, just wait until September 17th, today. That's the day that the basement-dwelling founders of Occupy Wall Street are going to attempt to combine all the anarchistic, I wouldn't even call them terroristic groups, and lay siege to the White House for 50 days. They have a better chance of success than you might think. Take a look at the videos on social media and get a good look at who these people are. They are cowardly, effeminate, and decidedly pusillanimous as individuals. One such thug wielding a flamethrower was captured by police in Portland the other night. And he curled into a fetal position and cried like a baby as the handcuffs were placed on him. But when they gather in packs, like animals, with bats and guns, they are capable of great damage. You should really take a look at the videos. This says that Adbusters is calling for a new world order. Sounds about right, given the year is 2020. The evil geniuses at Adbusters anarchistic media have had a Hitlerian moment of clarity, and they have seen the future. Combine all these radicals together at the same place at the same time during at the White House on September 17th and bring America to a grinding halt. Will it work? Actually, it has a pretty good chance of working because if they do lay siege to the White House, they will have full support of the Democratic Party. AOC, Nancy Pelosi, Congress, and Democratic VP candidate Kamala Harris, who have, said, who have all said that they support the riots and that they need to continue. Now, this was said two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. And we've just come up with more and more and more and more information. Now, I won't bore you with the details. I kind of want to just jump right into the next critical piece of information getting over this or going over this right here. Operation Overthrow, George Soros-funded Transition Integrity Project has place, has a plan in place to remove Trump from office whether he wins or not. This is another article by Jeffrey Grutter over there. Now the end begins. He put this up September 16th, just yesterday. Now, before I get into this, one of the things I had pointed out 
on Instagram Live with you guys earlier this week about Antifa, BLM, you know, Refuse Fascism, George Soros, even factions of freedom, man, and what we're doing here. You know, all of these things will ex- will, will exist outside of me. Right now, what we're experiencing is our own generation's fight. We've talked about it before. Zebellion, right? Where the Pentagon plans to take on uh, essentially Generation Z. We're in those decided days right now. What we do today paints the landscape for the future of tomorrow. Real talk. And I know it doesn't make sense. I know things are so monumental that people almost feel paralyzed by this, but you cannot. You cannot, you know, I had this kind of revelation with you guys again earlier this week that this stuff is going to outlive me. Even if they do declare Antifa a domestic terrorist group, if they do arrest some of the leadership, if they do come after these people, it's an ideology. Ideas are bulletproof and they will always retain their power. Words will always keep their magic and they will do the work that many people cannot, you know. There will come a time, my friends, whenever I am not here, but the ideology that is freedom faction, the construct that we have created, will transcend me. Because it's not me that's here. It is something greater. And we've talked about what that great force is. And it is to that great force that we serve. You see, we're not racists. We're not white supremacists. We're not any ists, any isms, homophobes, any of that type of nonsense, man. We're human beings. And what we're talking about is relatively common sense, but this supersedes even that because it's a sense of normalcy that we're fighting for and they're having an assault against it. And so when we talk about all these things, these these, these gangs that are being created, these ideologies that they represent, right? You really have to get down to that. And we're seeing those days take place. That's why there's a very small minority of us, but we're out there and we're aware. Let's get back into this, right? Executing the siege. This is important stuff, what we're talking about right here. They're literally talking about creating a whole separate government, a whole separate presidency. I went, into this, I went into this with Nino Rodriguez on the episode we, uh, we, 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 did a lot, we did last week. You guys can check it out, Exposing the Enslavement. We talked about that, how the Western states could potentially break off and form their own union. This is where we're at right now. We're literally talking about separatist societies operating. This is like Chaz and Chop, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, Occupy Wall Street. It's like these type of organizations and movements, but like on a political and presidential scale. Let's get back into this. Like I said, Operation Overthrow. George Soros-funded Transition Integrity Project has a plan in place to remove Trump from office, whether he wins or not. Another article by George by Jeffrey Grider over there at Now the End Begins. It says the Transition Integrity Group, or Transition Integrity Project Group, funded by George Soros for the Democrats, used a role-playing game similar to a military-style planning exercise and conducted, and, and concluded there will be a disruptive and lawless 11 weeks between the election day and, and inauguration day. Major portions of this article were co-written with the award-winning article with the award-winning author Laura Demonia. The level of research and attention to details she provided made this article possible. I extend my most heartfelt appreciation to her for bringing all this information to my attention at exactly the right time. You guys better thank her as well. It says that the Transition Integrity Project Group was formed in December of 2019 
It's funded by George Soros and is formation speaks to the very false idea created by Democrats that Trump will not accept a Biden victory and refuse to leave office, which is more likely translated into, quote, they know he'll be the clear winner as he was in 2016, but he needs to go away. Despite trying to impeach him, follow-up plans were already underway to force him out no matter what. That was also the plan. Yeah, even Nancy Pelosi has said that the presidency is a title, the White House. It's just a location. It says the Democrats have now created the false narrative that Donald Trump would refuse to leave the White House should he lose the election. Together with Soros, formed the, Integ- the Transition Integrity Project to have a framework in which they could remove Trump, win or lose. That's the game. That's the game here. It's a real deal coup in progress. And that's it. We're watching history right in front of us. So no matter who wins in November, the Democrats will make sure that the massive chaos and confusion begins immediately as they attempt to install Kamala Harris as the president. This is how the Democrats plan on taking control of the country on election night. This says 67 people participated as, quote, active players and many others were observers and gave feedback. Some of the participants were John Podessa. He played the role of Joe Biden and a few others in attendance were Michelle Steele, Donna Brazile, and former Hillary Clinton advisor Paul Eaton. Plans to remove Trump from office, even if he wins the election, are well underway. One highlight of the report states that the, quote, concept of the election night is no longer accurate and indeed dangerous. The TIP report, dated August 3rd, 2020, was made available to the public and details the, quote, crisis scenario planning exercises. And before I continue on, I want to read a little bit right here. Some of the scenarios that they've put out there, they say that cognitively challenged Joe Biden will step aside to make Kamala Harris president. This is also this is also part of the transition integrity projects plan. Here's a here's a couple of scenarios. They have four scenarios, and I'll just read them out to you. It says game one, an ambiguous win by by Biden. The first game investigated a scenario in which the outcome of the election remained unclear from the election night and throughout the gameplay. Game two says a clear Biden victory. The Trump campaign team again attempted to federalize the National Guard to end further vote counting and called on supporters to turn out in large numbers. The Biden campaign established a bipartisan transition team and mobilized supporters to ensure vote counting was completed thoroughly. In this scenario, Biden won outright in the electoral college and the popular vote. Game number three, it says that the third scenario posited a comfortable electoral college victory for President Trump. 286 to 252, but also a significant popular vote win, 52%, and 47% for former Vice President Biden. And game number four is where Biden has a narrow win. The final scenario explored a narrow Biden win where he heads with less than 1% of the popular vote the day after the election and is predicted to win 278 electoral votes. If you guys go on to read the report, it basically talks about how they're, 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 they're planning for chaos. I saw the Health and Human Services Administrator come out earlier today, talk, or earlier this week, talking about armed conflict on the election night. So they're already telling you that they're going to have conflict, that they're going to have chaos, that they're going to have the destabilization. The riots, the shootings, the burnings, the stabbings, the Kyle Rittenhouse, the Michael Rowanals, all those people, the convicted pedophile shootings. That's just to get you started. That's what I'm telling you. It's, it's like, it is like Gotham out there. 
He goes on to say that they anticipate with a high degree of certainty that this November's election will be marked by a chaotic legal and political landscape. They are warning us now, even though some dismiss this as a conspiracy theory, what they intend to carry out. The report concludes that there needs to be a robust strategy to challenge the white supremacists and the extremist networks that enable Trump's rise to power. One article depicted an image of Hitler next to Trump. Even the language in the report claiming Trump rose to power and wasn't elected by the people shows how determined they are to remove him by any means. In the 22-page report, the word violence was used 15 times in the chaos nine. So now, a playbook is being used is being embraced, supporting the public's peaceful protest as, as well as the blaming the Trump supporters for the street-level chaos as part of it. People taking to the streets in large numbers for an extended period of time is already being prepared to intensify. A group called the Fight Back Table met recently to make clear plans for the upcoming, quote, mass public unrest. The executive of director of MoveOn.org was a participant. That's George Soros funded. It says that the group used the Transition Integrity Project report as part of their planning as they, too, prepare for the upcoming mass unrest and violence. Those in the media are priming and preparing and programming the public to the, quote, Trump refusing to leave office narrative. Remember, there is, quote, no one above the law line during the impeachment attempt. Well, the new one will be that, quote, Trump's refusing to leave office. There you have it. There you have it. They are preparing. It's going down. It's starting right now. As you are hearing this, you already have Antifa packing up their backs, taking their time, dotting their I's, crossing their T's, going to Washington. You feel that stillness in the air? You feel that tension? Check this out right here. We put this up last week. The FBI is warning police of threats of extremists as we approach the 2020 elections. That was put up. Last week, no think. You think all the cop killings meant something? You think all the shootings, the stabbings, just to random citizens? You think that meant anything? What about this right here? 50 GOP congressmen demand DOJ investigate who was funding the far-left riots. Again, even if they take out the funding, like a grenade that's had the pin already pulled out, the damage is already done. Things are already on their way. And if you want to know who's funding it right here, this is another article from the good folks over there at the Free Thought Project, but it's been reposted by WorldTruth.tv. It's by Eddie Levine. They put this up September 10th, the day before we found out who the real terrorists were right here. Billionaire globalist George Soros exposed as the hidden hand behind Trump protests. He's provoking a color revolution. And we've talked about this time and time again. People have to understand when, when I'm breaking down to you the foreign elements, the foreign destabilization is taking place. You've got Jerry Nadler over here saying Antifa doesn't exist. You understand the sophistication, team. And I'm only going to read a little bit of this because this is last week's news. <laughs> Today, this isn't even anything. We're not even getting into the arsonists that have been found in Portland setting stuff on fire. We're just trying to talk about the protests. Who's organizing this with the sophistication? Let me get into this. It says billionaire globalist financier George Soros's MoveOn.org has been revealed to be a driving force behind the organizing of nationwide protests against the election of Donald Trump, exposing the protests to be largely an organized top-down operation. 
and not an organic movement of concerned Americans taking to the streets, as reported by mainstream media. Wednesday saw protests in the streets of at least 10 major U.S. cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, D.C., Portland, Oregon, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Seattle, as well as several other cities saw a protest, according to USA Today, who loves to try to fact check us. It says, in light of the protests and rioting that have transpired since the election of Trump, a closer analysis of the dynamic at play is warranted to gauge whether it's an organic grassroots movement or something much more organized, sophisticated, and potentially dangerous. People have to understand this. People have to understand this. That's why I'm trying to take the time to break down to you guys just a simple layout. Like a year, it's been like a year now since this protest I'm always telling you guys about. And what did I witness there where they had out the strangelings at first and then they brought out like the LGBTQP and then they brought out like the destabilizing people. It was wave after wave after wave. It's coordinated. I even tried, oh my gosh, I even tried to, I, we tried to infiltrate, oh man, I can't even, I don't have time to go into this. We tried to do uh, counter surveillance on our local Antifa and they are very sophisticated. That's all I'll say. People have to understand that this is well organized and it's financed. And on top of that, even whenever it's not top down, you have people mimicking the structure. It, 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 we'll have to do like something separate on this. It's very, very sophisticated. Continuing on, it says Soros's affiliated organization, MoveOn.org, released the following press release yesterday afternoon. It says Americans to come together in in a hundreds peaceful Americans to come together in hundreds peaceful gatherings of solidarity, resistance, and resolve following election results. Hundreds of Americans, dozens of organizations to gather peacefully outside the White House and in cities and towns nationwide to take a continued stance against misogyny, racism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia. Tonight, thousands of Americans will come together at hundreds of peaceful gatherings in cities and towns across the nation, including outside the White House, the hashtag White House Siege, following the result of Tuesday's presidential election. The gatherings. Organized by MoveOn.org and allies will affirm a continued rejection of Donald Trump's bigotry, xenophobia, Islamophobia, and misogyny, and demonstrate our resolve to fight together for the America we still believe is possible. Within two hours of the call to action, MoveOn members had created more than 200 gatherings nationwide, with the number continuing on Wednesday, continuing to grow on Wednesday. I put this up six days ago. Six days ago, and like I tell you, they are already gathering outside of the White House. They are already gathering in different parts of the nation. They've had over 100-plus days to do what's going on with, with, with the George Floyd protests, with the Chaz Chop thing over there, with the roaming mobs of unemployed people trying to burn stuff down. Again, arsonists being paid to set stuff on fire. You've got to understand the sophistication of this, my friends. And the fact that you have a mockingbird media who is just deaf, and unable to explain this to people shows how, how, how infiltrated we truly are. You see, I, 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 <laughs> do I have time to really go into how sophisticated it is? Like we're past that, you see. And whenever you go listen to the episode that I did with Nino, you'll hear me talk about how we are ripe for any type of militaristic style attack. We, that, that's why we're having this insurgency. That's why we're having this insurrection is because you're defunding the police. You're cucking the military. We have so much resistance going on in the, like in the country and manipulation and misinformation. People have no idea what's going on, why it's actually taking place. We're getting to a point to where we're, to where we're retarding. 
I'll put it to you this way, man. I didn't put it in here, but there are kids doing Benadryl, doing like a Benadryl challenge, and there are children dying. And I thought to myself at this point, because it's on TikTok, at this point, we really have to start calling that type of stuff out. They're they're brainwashing children. They're 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 like the the infestation of corruption and inversion of logic to where we have people going against their best interest and like and, and, and the progressive interest of all is so crazy. It is just so sophisticated. You know, again, to see kids doing Benadryl challenges, Tide Pod challenges, shooting their heads off, doing strange stuff like that, you're wondering what in God's name is going on with these kids. That's 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 one thing, right? Our generation's over here about to throw our lives away on the street because, well, it's the cool thing to do. There's nothing else for us to do. It is just so sophisticated, and it's all against our best interest. The foreign elements fun in this level of destabilization and civil unrest, it's so sophisticated. I wonder why people don't ask questions. But anyway, I'm going to play this clip for you guys real quick. Uh, this is of the war on police continuing as L.A. deputies were ambushed in a squad car. Now. I play this, I know I'm going to have people saying I'm some jackboot, boot-licking fascist, right? Some statist. It's like, no, you don't see what's happening right here. You're, 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 teaching, you're teaching a new form of racism for warm. You're starting some stuff up that should have been laid down for two, and you're going to create a dangerous landscape for the future. You know, I think about Bloods and the Crips and how they're getting over their stuff, and a lot of them are joining the Nation of Islam, and there's, 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 there's a switch-up happening. And so they have to figure out how to polarize people. That's what Antifa and BLM is. They're the new gangs. That's what I mean by them being out there doing, a- acting like it's Gotham or acting like it's, it's, it's Batman or something. Things are changing. And so when you're starting, sparking this stuff up, telling children to go out there and kill cops, it's, it's, it's just a slippery slope. But here, let's play this and then we'll continue. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department has announced a $100,000 reward for the arrest of the gunman, and the shooting has already become a campaign issue. Two Los Angeles Sheriff's deputies were left fighting for their lives after being shot multiple times Saturday night. Disturbing surveillance video showed a man dressed in black walk up to the deputy's vehicle near the Compton Metro Station and then fire a gun into the car before running away. He acted as if he was going to walk past the car, and then he made a left turn directly toward the car, raised a pistol, and fired several rounds inside of the vehicle, striking both of the sheriff's deputies. The deputies are a 31-year-old mother of a 6-year-old and a 24-year-old man who was sworn in only 14 months ago. After the shooting, demonstrators then went to the hospital and tried to block the emergency room entrance. One shouted that he hoped the deputies died. They were saying death to the police, killed, killed the police, and they were um, using all type of uh, curse words and, and derogatory terms about the police. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti told CNN there's no place in civilized society for those who wish the deputies would die. I won't ever let a couple voices that not only are uncalled for, but it's important to say something like that when we have two deputies who are sheriff deputies in grave condition. President Trump and Joe Biden both tweeted condemnations of the attack early Sunday. Then Biden tweeted again calling for a ban on assault weapons, while Trump called the shootings part of the war on the police. The radical left in America is waging open war on law enforcement. Hundreds of officers nationwide have been injured. 
in left-wing riots and mobs. This takes place amid violent protests nationwide and calls for defunding of police by leftist groups, including the Black Lives Matter movement, which is openly Marxist. Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. We are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Meanwhile, the city manager of Linwood, outside of Compton, is facing criticism because after the shooting, he posted that the chickens have come home to roost. The quote Malcolm X used following the assassination of President Kennedy. Thankfully, both deputies are expected to recover. Dale heard CBN News. Thanks, Dale. So we're going to get into this. The chickens have come home to roost. We're going to get into this. You know, what's so interesting about that? You've got Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, admitting that she's a trained Marxist. This is one of the things I freaked out about earlier this week. This is why I took up two hours of your guys' time breaking down like the satanic infiltration that's taking place in society. We're about to make that switch up. When we break down what's happening spiritually to people, the psycho-spiritual configuration of humanity, that is a very, very real thing. The, 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 the operating system of our allies, why there is a spirit of delusion infiltrating people. Uh, we talked about it a lot last year. Who is telling people to go out there and do these things? Who is telling these people to go out there, kill yourself, go out there, kill someone, tell somebody, your God is dead, F your Jesus, America's dead, America sucks, America's never going to be great. We're coming for your kids. Who's telling people to say this like almost evil and sacrilegious stuff? I'm only going to read a little bit of this before I make like a quick, a quick pivot because we're going to get into another report where they're talking about these extremist memes that are being shared on these networks. Okay. We are a network. We are a social media network. We are not sharing extremist memes. We are sharing information, not memes about cop killing, not memes about, uh, Murdering pedophiles, not not memes of castrating pedophiles, not memes of burying any of these elitists and globalists. We're trying to bring awareness and information, but that's what we do. I can't speak for for what everybody else does, but here, let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll we'll switch up. Uh, this comes from Baxter Dimitri over there at News Punch. They put this up September fifteenth. It says BLM co-founder who admitted that she's a trained Marxist now confesses to practicing witchcraft. It says Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors has admitted that the movement is not about just racial and social justice, but at its core, it's a spiritual movement that involves, quote, invoking spirits with mantras and gifts until, quote, those spirits actually become present with you. So don't worry, we'll get into that here shortly. Technor sorcery, all kinds of other strange things like that. I think people, <laughs> I think... Again, I, I said this earlier this week. I think people freak out when I say these things because they have no 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 reference to it. They don't understand it. They don't see it. They don't understand the escalation, and they don't see like where where is where it's going to go. Um, I keep making references to where to to Batman to 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 Gotham City, right? Where is Arkham Asylum? Like I I hate I, I'm not some jackboot you know fascist some authoritarian dude, but dude. If you're going to keep letting this type of stuff happen, they're going to intensify. People are you've you've got cities that are letting these people go in and out of jail, and they're only getting worse. Again, I didn't cover the arson that that took place this week in Portland. 
That guy got out from jail after being arrested for arson, setting fires, and started six more fires. They're being enabled to do this. And so when I tell you that we're making villains, that it's turning into Gotham out there, that these are all jokers, this is the only way that I can reference this. Yes, they're thugs. Yes, these are criminals. But it goes past that. Here, check this out. We put this up September 15th. It comes from Tom Ozimek over there at the Epoch Times. It says extremist memes and calls for violence surge on far left social media. It says that a nonprofit studies or not a nonprofit that studies how hate charged messages spread across social media said in a new report that far left groups are increasingly using memes and other online propaganda to instigate violence amongst members of the general public and police. It says a report by the Network Contagion Research Institute published on September 14th is titled Network Enabled Anarchy, How Militant Anarcho-Socialist Networks Use Social Media to, Investi- to Instigate Widespread Violence Against Political Opponents and Law Enforcement. There's a PDF for it. You can download it. It found that anarcho-socialists and violent anarchists' online communities have grown in influence in recent years thanks to the widespread use of memes as propaganda spread as, as by the by use of memes as propaganda spread by means of sophisticated communication networks and used to organize militia and inspire violence. The Institute found evidence that, quote, violent anarcho-socialist networks played an active online role in preparing for and coordinating real-world riots nationwide and in real time. Noting the rapid growth of an, of an online structure supporting the anarcho-socialist extremism, the Institute found that during recent social justice protests, protests featuring anti-police outrage and or memes encoded language spiked by more than 1,000% over Twitter and 300% on Reddit. And we figured out that Reddit is owned by China. So who again is funding this? Who again is funding this? I, gotta, I have to say this real quick just to touch on this. You know, it's got nothing to do... It's, kind of, it's, it's got nothing to do with this. The same thing goes for the Boogaloo movement. I'm going to say this. People on the far right trying to take over the, org- take over the government, you've got to watch who's sending you this information, who's sending you these messages. I don't know, man. I think... Let me get this out of here. I, I, think, um, I think because I'm getting older, I'm thinking about a family, I'm thinking about my kids kids I'm thinking about a lot of different things now I'm taking a step back you know the other day I was up visiting my family and uh, you know me and my little brother were talking about some stuff and he was talking about how how some of our friends are simping over uh, chicks not worth it you know can't turn a hoe into a housewife type stuff and good men trying to simp over uh, women that don't deserve it type thing. But, you know, I kind of thought about where that word simp is coming from and how come it's associated with men trying to be in relationships. Because you know there's a depopulation agenda going on right now. You know there's a, de- a dehumanization agenda going on right now. There's an anti-human agenda going on right now. They're trying to shut down the family. They're trying to attack the nuclear family. So when I hear the word simp come from people... I'm like, where is this coming from? China. I know that's just where my mindset goes. I understand simping over people and stuff like this, but we're at a time right now where everybody has such high standards that they get nothing done. It ties into this as well. What they're having us do when I tell you they're having us throw our lives away by going out there in the streets, acting like we're glorified to do this, 
There is a dehumanization campaign going on. It's not the left or the right. It's those people radicalizing both sides. And who, who's, in the, who's doing it? Where do people receive their information? I'm not making any spicy memes. You get me? Let's get back into this. It says that extreme, quote, extreme anarcho-socialist fringe online forums on Reddit use memes calling for the death of police and memes stockpiling ammunitions to promote violent revolution. NCRI stated, stated, noting growth in membership in such groups during recent protests over COVID-19 lockdowns and for social justice, quote, Groups such as the Socialist Rifles Association have more than doubled in membership since the quarantine, the Institute found. The report also noted evidence of, quote, innovative cyber strategies being deployed by anarchist networks, including spreading instructions for 3D printed weapons, sharing insights on using lasers to blind targets, and, quote, real-time online coordination of offline rioting and anti-police violence, such as setting fires, throwing projectiles, and using fireworks and munitions. The report features examples of memes with, quote, clear calls for violence, including an image of a, mo- of a member of law enforcement being shot in the head and of a, fo- of a photo of a burning police car with the caption, ACAB, uh, all, as, as crispy as bacon. Not really. It means all cops are bad. Um, another example featured in the report describes a post on Reddit on the R Socialist RA forum, which has a link to a 3D printed 3D printable Soviet era weapon along with a propagandistic video that features someone shooting an AKM pattern receiver with the on-screen caption, quote, scenes the means of production in reference to the Marxist call to action for violent overthrow of capitalism. The report notes, however, that the violence from the far left political actors has, quote, not yet come as widespread as ISIS, nor does it have the death toll or historical reach that right-leaning extremism has in the U.S., Still, it found that the growing use of online propaganda tactics amplified by French communities carries a mounting threat of violence by what the network recalled network-enabled mobs. The report comes at a politically sensitive time when peaceful protests against, political, against police brutality have been marred by outbreaks of looting and violence. You see what's happening? They're greeting lighting the chaos. People are intensifying. Now, I'm just going to say this real quick before we get into our primary one. When I tell you that we have radicals, extremists, exterminists, and all this, it's a very real thing. Right here, Satanists and witches for Biden. Like all progressive groups, the Satanic Temple came out in support of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, this is an article by Daniel Greenfield over there at Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up September 15th. It talks about how they're all coming together. They're using their scare tactics. They're assembling the Legion of Doom. That's the easiest way for me to describe it. It's almost like historic, and I think that's why we have all these different references to, to, to strange things that have happened, almost here, almost comic book level stuff, Hollywood level stuff, because it doesn't make sense. I think this is a part of the predictive programming to where people are legitimately caught off guard by the overt evil that they're seeing. And I went into detail on that this week with the Instagram Live, the externalization of the method to where they're putting it all out there. Heck yes, we're aborting babies. Heck yeah, we're causing the riots. Heck yeah, we're stealing all this. We're doing it all. And and like Jerry Nagler said, no, it doesn't exist. You don't get to question it. What you're seeing is not happening. COVID-1984. This is the inversion of logic. This is the assault on normalcy. And so when I get into this article right here about the BLM founder Patrice Cullors admitting that she 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 practices witchcraft, this is this is this is a uh, 
This should let you know everything you need to. We, 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 we've covered the witches that bind Trump. We've covered the occultists. Uh, we've covered the Luciferians. We've covered the Satanic Temple. <laughs> we've covered all of it. I'll put the hashtag occult world. I played a couple clips for you guys earlier this week on Instagram Live to really show you that this is not a joke. That when they're doing this, they're saying, you know what? We can improve and refine our magic by externalizing it. We can embolden ourselves and make our ranks stronger by putting it out there, by casting the rituals. You guys remember Marina Abravamich, right? Spirit cooking witch and how all that came out there. And now you got Lady Gaga admitting that that's her, her mentor. You've got to understand it's a big club and we are not in it. They are practicing this stuff in private and in public now. They are consecrating certain grounds with demonic sigils. They are doing the dark working. They have something working through them. They worship a dark god. I'm going to get back into this article that we were reading earlier from News Punch. It's by Baxter Dimitri. It says spirits are invoked by repeating mantras, including the say his name, refrain, pouring libation for the spirits and presenting them with gifts like honey and tobacco, things like that, until they manifest themselves and work through her, admits the BLM co-founder. Now, how much have we talked about, again, psychedelics? We've talked about the psychedelic aspect of people opening the portal. People invoking the spirits, coming up with their own types of magic, right? That hybrid spirituality. You've really got to understand. That's, again, what I'm saying. I can only equate a lot of the things that are happening uh, to things that I've seen, like, in movies, cartoons, and TV shows. I know that's childish of me, but I have, like, no other reference. Find me another time in period, or another time in history where you have like Satanists teaming up like with anarchists, teaming up with like politicians and teaming up with like corporate heads. Find me like another time where you've seen like another Legion of Doom similar to this. And I'll refer to that because right now this is it. This is the only time that I've ever seen this type of like monumental, monumental and organized chaos. It says BLM is not just an attack on freedom property, statues of great Americans, history, and Western civilization. We now know that it is a dark spiritual movement and an attack against Christianity and God. In a recorded conversation with Colors, BLM Los Angeles founder and California State University professor of co-African studies, Melinda Abdullah, apparently shared more than she thought she would have. Quote, maybe I'm sharing too much, but we've become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly, she explained. Each one of them seems to have a different presence and personality, you know. I laugh a lot with Kishisha, with Wakisha, you know, and I didn't meet her in the body. I met her through this work. Colors echoes the sentiments of Abdullah. Quote, it's, very, it's a very important practice. Hashtags are for us more than a hashtag. It is literally almost resurrecting a spirit so that they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done, said Colors, one of the three co-founders of BLM. Quote, I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, both for a dip from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. Quote, always, you know, in the tradition, you offer things that you love, that your loved one who passed away would want. You know, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that. The trained Marxist and BLM co-founder continued, quote, 
And that's so important, not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who have passed, but also for them to know we've remembered them. I believe so many of them were through us. Colors also admits that the very first thing BLM leaders do when they hear of a murder is pray to the spirits and pour libation. Again, she emphasized that it is not just about racial and social justice. At its core, it's a spiritual movement, she continued. You just can't pretend that, like that work is just organizing work. That's the serious stuff. The whole say his name mantra also has deep spiritual significance, according to Colors. When we say the names, we, all, we speak their names. We say her name, say their names. We do that all the time. You kind of invoke that spirit, and then those spirits actually become present with you, she explained, revealing something that virtually none of the useful idiots attending BLM rallies understand. Quote, spirituality is at the center of Black Lives Matter, and I think that not just for us, I feel like so many leaders and so many organizers are deeply engaged in a pretty important spiritual practice. Colors continued that, quote, I don't think I could do this work without that. I don't think I could do it as long as I've done it and as consistently. I feel like it's like if I didn't do that, it would be anti-ethical to this work. So how many times have I got up over here and talked about my, my spirituality, how much it's helped me, what I'm going through, and more. How it's emboldened me to make even, even, even bigger decisions to step through it. This is, this, is, this is only one. This is really only one. I think what I'm going to have to do is come back to this because this is so monumental to me personally. This, this deserves like its own occult world episode. Because you're talking about techno-sorcery, you're talking about occultism, you're talking about re resurrecting of the spirits, you're talking about mass manipulation, okay? And I talked about this again whenever I st first started seeing witches use social media to organize, man. You got to think, who's, profit, who's organizing these rituals? Who, who's organizing these protests? There are people being energized off of this. This is necromancy. This is evil. And I don't mean to yell at you, but I don't have any other way to reference it or to frame it. And so this is the execution of the siege. As I say this to you, the BLM, like I said, the BLM founder, Patrice Colors, is admitting that no, they practice witchcraft. You've got them over there preparing to seize the White House like this is the Middle East, like this is the medieval century or something, my friends. Like, good Lord, what happened to the rule of law? Are all these, they can't arrest all those people. What is going to happen? So while you have people literally saying Hail Marys and prayers, going to sleep, you have, people ha uh, you have people hexing fascists, coming after the president, coming after the country, putting curses upon the ground. That's a big thing as well. You got to think about this. They understand that they're going to be destroyed. And so they'll try to burn down everything they can, leaving a curse upon the land that we have to deal with generationally, multi-generationally. Multi I said this too when I was with Nino. Every single inch that Antifa takes, it's going to take at least twice as long to get that freedom back. That's politically speaking. I'm talking about the spiritual, moral compass of the country and how far down the rat hole we are. This is not good. But some people say that this adversary is what's waking the sleeping giant. Because there's no way that we can sit here and just casually keep going over all this stuff, acting like everything's hunky-dory. No, sir. And we won't be. Because I tell you, people are fighting back and people are waking up.
speaking of waking up, we got Australia waking up to all the author- authoritarian things that are taking place. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into COVID-19, the second wave fears. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's a rat, talking about hunkering down over the winter. Uh, Bill Gates slamming the FDA and saying people that talk about his vaccine conspiracy theories, they're nuts. What? You've also got a federal judge ruling that the Pennsylvania government or the governor uh, COVID-19 restrictions are illegal. You have that and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself it's a slow process which we call active measures The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all the schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Don't trust the man with 
two years off is the vaccine. I wear my face mask in my house so I can, so I can stop a symptomatic disease spread to myself. You know, it doesn't seem, we're back by the way, it doesn't seem real, um, some of what we're talking about, Satanists and witches for Trump or for, for Biden, uh, witches casting spells on people routinely, like every month, the, 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 one of the co-founders of one of the most largest racially, organ, racially organized movements, you know, she's practicing witchcraft, uh, you know, multiple different radical groups preparing to see lay siege on the white house. It doesn't sound real. Does it? It's like, this is, some, it, it, it doesn't sound real. It really doesn't. And I think that's part of the, part of the, the, the tactic is overwhelming things so that people kind of feel paralyzed by any action. Um, I had this, 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 this statement just last week with you guys. Truth has no sides, but actions have consequences. And I say that because you have a lot of people that can judge things after the fact, but how are they going to act whenever it's their turn? How are you going to act 
whenever you're confronted with these truths, yeah, this stuff is evil. What are you going to do? That's why I'm like, I'm not a jackboot, bootlicking authoritarian fascist, but I'm also saying that we need to do something about all this chaos that's going on. We have a rule of law, law and order, things that should be maintained and well-kept. And I think everybody can see this polarization is really, really hitting a tipping point. And whenever that happens, it's going to be overwhelmed. And I think that's against Sololinsky's rules for radicals. It's going to be overwhelmed. We're not going to know what to do. And it's going to collapse. And that's what we're all trying to stave off. This is very dangerous. So no, I'm not calling for it. But I'm at the same time saying it cannot be allowed to continue. And so I know it doesn't sound real. A lot of this doesn't sound real. Does COVID-19 sound real? Why do we have to live with that? This is what I'm trying to talk to you guys about. We're dealing with so many different things that to a degree, people are putting their heads in the sands. I can't blame them. But this is not the time to tune off. This is not the time to turn down. This is the time to get politically activated, get spiritually motivated, get, get right with God, man. Because I'm telling you, there is some stuff coming down the pipeline and I myself am trying to prepare for it. And all I'm trying to do is help you prepare for it. And by January of next year, things are going to be so different. Things are going to be so different. That siege that's happening right now at the White House, it's not going to end on November 3rd. The effects are going to be felt, like they said, for the next 11 weeks after that. The economic effects of COVID-19 are still being felt today. It is so crazy where we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but like I said, thank you for tuning in to this powerful edition of Factions of Freedom. Uh, I'm glad to be here in this capacity in your guys' life talking about this stuff. It doesn't sound real. Again, if I were to tell you some of the stuff that's going on in my private life, it would sound like it's out of a movie or like I'm bragging or boasting, but I'm not. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to get here and give my two hours to this mission every single week. But here, let's get into this. Uh, let's start this segment. The second wave fears. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, just last week, we played for you guys clips of authoritarian Australia mates being uh, detained in their own house being visited by secret police and all this other nonsense. This week, we've got an Australian woman being dragged from her car by four policemen at a lockdown checkpoint. That's right. They say Victoria police say that they plan to charge a Melbourne woman with assaulting police after she posted a video of her arrest to social media showing her being dragged from a car by police officers. Can you please get your hands off? No. Can you step out of the car, please? No. Oh, because I have a, a car charger on my car. They sell them everywhere. I didn't, they sell them at petrol stations. That's not the problem anymore. The problem is you're not starting your own to me. Just because I have a car charger on. Can you get out of the car, please? No, I don't feel safe. You're armed. Police arrested 29-year-old Natalie Bonner 
after she allegedly refused to provide her details and the driver's license at a checkpoint in Calculo just before him on Saturday. It says Ms. Bonner was stopped at the checkpoint because her mobile phone was mounted on a charger on her windscreen. Things escalated when she refused to get out of the car and also refused to provide her name to the officer. The video shows the police officer reaching into the vehicle and undoing her seatbelt. Ms. Bonner claimed on social media that police called for backup and four officers grabbed her by the legs and pulled her from the car. Uh, the video that wasn't attached to this is her actually outside of the vehicle on the grass on the lawn, detained with multiple officers standing around her. Reminds me of whenever I got pulled over in a Prius. Continuing on, it says, quote, while trying to cuff me, they had their knees in my back and I couldn't breathe, Miss Bonner said. <laughs> it says in the video, there is a man in the passenger seat who could be heard yelling that Miss Bonner is sick. Victoria police said in a statement that an officer spoke to Miss Bonner when she was first stopped, explaining that her mobile phone was obstructing her view due to her due to its position on the windscreen and that this was an offense. Quote, the woman refused to remove her phone from the windscreen, Victoria police said in a statement. Yeah. So because she refused to remove her her mounted phone screen, they're like, you know what? That's it. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. You see, because it's not about a virus, where's your social distance? Keep your mask. Keep your distance. It's not about that. What it's about is submission. It's about compliance. It's about obedience. Obedience to the authoritarian gods, to the draconian laws, to this lockdown. You see, it's like that movie Ants. When one stands up, they all stand up. But see, good on Miss Bonner for putting that out there. Good on her. For, again, exposing some of the criminality that's going on out there. Like we reported just last week with you guys. It took over 80 people. It only took 80 people to spark a revolution in Australia. It took only 80 people getting visited by the cops to spark a revolution. Think about this. say hold hold it says australians chant freedom as the market is shut down by covid riot cops this is a remarkable video out of australia shows people chanting freedom as a food market is forcefully shut down by covid riot cops this is the clip shows dozens of police on horseback and armed with riot gear facing off against market sellers and customers chance of freedom freedom then breaks out as one of the officers directs the Bryant police to move in Cops armed with shields then began charging and pushing people away while one is singled out and dragged away by officers. It says that the state of Victoria has enforced one of the most draconian coronavirus lockdowns in the developed world with authorities giving themselves the powers to enter homes 
without a warrant and also seized people's children. This is as we highlighted earlier this month, a pregnant woman was arrested in her home in front of her own kids for the crime of posting about the protest on Fedbook. Police in Melbourne also announced that they would be using surveillance drones to catch people who don't wear masks and to keep track of the cars that travel further than five kilometers from home. Journey journalist Avi Yamini was also dragged to the ground and arrested for merely covering an anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne. Numerous videos have also emerged of people being forcibly arrested by police for not wearing masks. So Australia is fighting back. Australia is fighting back against COVID-19, yet America is over here being terrorized by baristas. You've got Australians literally trying to gather up the courage to fight back against a global infection. And Americans can't even get out of their house. You see how crazy this is? You see how crazy the world is becoming. And if we don't begin to fight back, more of the same type of authoritarianism is going to happen here. Like they said, you can protest, you can do this type of stuff, but if you obey the law, well, you have to obey the law. Like this Democratic mayor out there in, uh, what is it, Houston is talking about right here. Democratic mayor launches study that will collect blood samples from randomly selected Houston homes. This is an article written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up September 16th, and it says Democratic Mayor Sylvester Turner has signed off on a new study that will see city employees visit randomly selected homes in Houston to collect blood samples for COVID-19 antibody testing. It says the study is being conducted by the Houston Health Department in collaboration with the CDC. Household members will be asked to answer a survey and give a blood sample. For some households, all members of the household will be asked to participate. Authorities say that the tests are necessary to develop a deeper insight into how COVID-19 spreads through the community and how many people were previously infected with the virus. The mayor said that the program would be voluntary but urged citizens to take part. Quote, if we knock on your door, I strongly encourage you and your loved ones to participate in this important survey, said Turner. Quote, the data you provide by participating will help inform strategies to mitigate the effects of COVID-19. In some other countries, such as New Zealand, people who refuse to take a COVID-19 test have been forcibly removed to quarantine facilities by health authorities. In a previous interview, Turner had suggested that people who refused to take her coronavirus test were, quote, irresponsible. Last month, Turner also announced that police will be in begin issuing citations against people not wearing masks, hitting them with a fine of $250. It took 80 people to spark that, uh, that fight out there in Australia. God knows what we're going to do. Lord knows what we're going to do. Lord knows what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't free. I don't, I don't mean to yell, but you got to think, ladies and gentlemen. You've got Bill Gates saying, "Don't take the vaccine." You got Donald Trump saying, "Don't take the vaccine." You got the CDC, uh, Robert, the CDC directors, Robert Redfield saying, "Hey, don't take the vaccine." Well, I don't think I should trust any of you, and I'm not going to take the vaccine anyhow. But what's going on here is like a, a stalemate, and you're all trying to poison and kill everybody. I never trusted this in the first place. But see, we're not even we're not even reacting. We're not even fighting back against it. You see, 
we've been confronted with something so foreign that we're beginning to fight against ourselves. Uh, but to continue on <laughs> talking about this, let me bring your guys' attention to this other article. It says federal judge rules that the Pennsylvania governor's COVID-19 restrictions is unconstitutional. That's right. I have a quick, a quick clip for you guys. It says that uh, exposed in his own tyranny, Pennsylvania Governor Wolf whines like a pre-adolescent brat, quote, but all the other governors are doing it. The fact is, all the other governors should immediately rescind all their unconstitutional mandates and restore our civil liberties. Like Carlos Zapata said, that veteran and business owner out there in California, take the mask off. You're hurting the businesses. You're hurting the country. We're only going to be civil for so much longer. Restore our freedoms or expect resistance. ...involving the restrictions put in place by Pennsylvania's governor during the pandemic. Yeah, just a few hours ago, a federal judge ruled that the policy which limited gatherings, ordered people to stay at home, and closed many businesses was unconstitutional. For more on the decision, we turn to Action News reporter Annie McCormick. She's live in Old City with much more. Annie... Well, Jeanette and Brian, as we speak, lawyers for lawmakers on both sides are currently right now reviewing this 66-page opinion. There's still a lot of questions about what impact this ruling will have. We did reach out to Governor Tom Wolf's office. A spokesperson said the administration is disappointed with the result. They will seek a stay of the decision and also an appeal. U.S. District Judge William S. Stickman IV handing down a 66-page opinion today calling several of Governor Tom Wolf's orders initiated by the pandemic unconstitutional. Judge Stickman, appointed by President Trump in 2019, says specifically at issue are the restrictions of gatherings, orders closing non-life-sustaining businesses, and directing Pennsylvanians to stay at home. In the opinion, the judge says the governor and Secretary of Health Rachel Levine acted with good intentions, but violated First and Fourteenth Amendment rights. Quote, good intentions toward a laudable end are not enough to uphold governmental action against a constitutional challenge. The suit was brought by owners of several western Pennsylvania businesses, including owners of hair salons, drive-in movie theaters, a farmer's market vendor, a horse trainer, plus several Republican office holders. While most businesses have reopened since June and a stay-at-home order is lifted, many that remain closed at a certain capacity wonder what this means but a footnote in the ruling says capacity limits are still in place so are wearing masks inside businesses the ruling also calls into question how the state deemed what businesses constituted as life-sustaining pennsylvania speaker of the house brian cutler and house majority leader carrie benninghoff released this statement reading quote for the millions of unemployed pennsylvanians the thousands of small business owners that have seen their livelihoods permanently ended and all those looking for some relief from these unilaterally imposed inconsistent and contradictory shutdown orders this opinion offers some form of hope that a return to normalcy might be on the horizon and a spokesperson for the House Majority Leader also added today they're still reviewing, reviewing this, but they do believe because of the ruling, large gatherings are now unenforceable. Also, they're reviewing if businesses are exempt from paying fines if they opened against the governor's orders. Now, according- Thank you, Susan. I don't know if that's her name, but that's, involving the res- that's what I'm going to call her. But there you have it. There's some fight back. Not on a fat, not like on a massive scale, like what we would expect. But there is some fight back. 
you know, another another example of this fighting back, which is good. You know, I think this is, again, more evidence of us, like, learning our tools, learning how to fight back, learning how to get organized, learning how to collectively overcome this adversary. Another good example, or this adversity is this. California County votes to end COVID state of emergency. I don't want to say that the New Agers and the QAnon folk were right, you know, when they're talking about how COVID-19 is good for us. It teaches us to become a global community. Again, this is some like Luciferian style stuff because you're saying, hey, no, we need to get attacked so that we can overcome it. It's very dangerous. But what I'm trying to say is with this is we're learning the skills at our disposal. We're learning what we can do. We're learning how much we can and how much we will take. I don't, again, I don't think people understood how precious their freedoms were until they had them taken. And so when I'm saying we're learning our skills, we're learning our weapons, we're learning what we can do to fight this, this is, again, another perfect example of it. Organizing. There's a clip that I didn't get around to posting of a father uh, being removed from a school board meeting. And I don't think he was wearing his mask. I think it was over something trivial. But how many people does that represent? How many other fathers have been in the same situation speaking up for everybody else's rights? And that's what this is. We're having to step up, understand our power, and reclaim it instead of have the system take it from us. But here, let's get in this article. We put this up September 15th. September 15th is from Waking Times. It says that the Placer County, California Board of Supervisors recently declared that they are no longer considering the COVID-19 pandemic to be a state of emergency requiring the most restrictive government mandate lockdowns. Quote, Our case numbers are so low, it doesn't warrant a shutdown, said Placer County Board Chairwoman Bonnie Gore. Placer County, located in in the Sacramento area, has acquired a running tally of 3,325 COVID-19 cases since February, with a total of exactly 39 deaths. The United States Census Bureau counted the Placer Placer population at 398,000 as of July 1st, 2019, placing the overall infection rate around 0.008%. Quote, we will continue to encourage our residents and businesses to take precautions, but our businesses and community will continue to suffer if we cannot allow them to reopen as much as possible, said Gore. The move, this move downgrades Placer County's perceived risk level from, quote, widespread to substantial, allowing restaurants to open indoor dining at 25% capacity and schools to reopen for all grades as they choose. Quote, we have reiterated from the beginning that there would be there would not be a one size fits all solution," said Placer County Office of Education spokeswoman Michelle Eckland. "Quote: Each school district has unique challenges, students need, and capacity. Our goal is to support districts in safely reopening and staying open. The World Health Organization believes that it is safe to reopen in areas with a testing positivity rate of less than five percent, positioning Placer County just under the mark of four point five percent as of August 29th. However, the move to end the most restrictive lockdown orders suspends spurred public health officer Dr. Amy Sazen to resign in protest. It says, quote, today's action by the Placer County Board of Supervisors made it clear that I can no longer effectively serve in my role as Placer County Health Officer and Public Health Director. Yeah, people don't want to be locked down. The masks are killing the economy. Can you blame them? People don't want the masks. They don't, they don't want to deal with it. 
It's not healthy. You're asking a lot of people to basically give up their livelihoods. You're asking them to, you're asking so many things. That's what the mask really does represent in so many different ways. And I know there's a lot of people who are having this conflict and you can say, oh, I don't wear the mask. Oh, I don't do this. Everybody's having to do the chicken dance in one way, shape, form, or another. This is why we have to create this narrative of not having a mask outside of the medical exemption nonsense and push back against it. Again, there's another video out today that we didn't get around to posting of a uh, of a, a mob of protesters, uh, of people saying, hey, take off your mask. I think they're like in a Target or something. And people are trying to act like this is some monumental thing, like it was a protest. It could have just been a gang of kids out there saying, hey, take off your mask, doing a bunch of random stuff. Does that have to be a protest? Is that how easy it is? You get what I'm saying? But the point is this. People are trying to fight back to all this tyranny. Another example of it is this right here. Check this out. Some more silliness for you. Bill Gates says that COVID conspiracies are three are crazy. They're so crazy, <laughs> you know, as he's pushing like his global vaccination campaign. They're so crazy. <laughs> Let's take a listen. The Gates Foundation has documented the, epic, uh, the economic catastrophe that COVID-19 has produced. Bill, what if the recovery out of this catastrophe is K-shaped, which is to say one half of industry and society emerging from the pandemic strong and possibly stronger than before and the other half weaker and falling further behind well the uh as long as the disease is out there things like tourism restaurants uh a lot of small businesses will be disproportionately affected whereas office workers where you know the virtual connections has actually meant that they're loss of productivity is actually quite modest, they'll continue to have their job and be able to be fairly productive. And so the inequity of this, whether it's between uh, citizens in the country, you know, blue collar versus white collar, uh, you know, uh, blacks experiencing a higher uh, sickness rate uh, than others, uh, you know, poor countries can't borrow money and spend money like uh, the U.S. and other rich countries have. So almost every dimension of inequity has been accentuated here. And that just takes us back to we've got to bring this thing to a close. Uh, and then you can have the tourism and the travel and the sports and the uh, variety of things, you know, uh, get back uh, to where we were before this. The conspiracy theorists who believe that you helped to create and spread the coronavirus might be easy to dismiss if there weren't so many of them. Has that notoriety become an impediment to your efforts or the foundation's work yet? Well, it's so crazy, you know, to suggest the opposite, which is, you know, we make vaccines and that and save you know, millions of lives to somehow uh, say that the vaccine in general is malign or that, you know, the, the deaths uh, aren't really taking place. It's surprising to me how interesting that is. So it spreads far more quickly than the truth. The big concern is that if that means that the protection uh, of others, like wearing masks or 
a willingness of enough people uh, to take the vaccine, then it absolutely does make things worse. And the idea of how should these social media platforms try and avoid being the source of these uh, sort of weirdly interesting falsehoods, uh, that's a debate or discussion we're going we're gonna to have to continue to have. The Gates Foundation has documented the, epic, uh, the economic catastrophe that COVID-19 has produced. Bill, what if the recovery out of this catastrophe is K-shaped, which K-shaped. is to say one half of industry and society... It's K-shaped. He sounds like a robot. Not Bill Gates, or not, uh, not the reporter, but Bill Gates every time he speaks. But there you have it. These conspiracy theories of Bill Gates doing this type of nonsense... It's it's so funny. It's it's just so silly. There's there would be there's no way that type of stuff would happen. I wouldn't step down from Microsoft to update the population. That's funny, you know, since we're talking about Australia and Melbourne, there is an artist out there, Lush X. Lush sucks. I followed him before. Uh, him, Beeple Crap and a few other people, Marks of the Beast, uh, Forbidden Clothes. Uh, hidden knowledge clothing. There's a lot of different people out there who are using conscious art as a way to expose these people. But right here, huge anti-Bill Gates mural appears in Melbourne as crowds chant, arrest Bill Gates at protest. Here's a room by uh, Baxter Dimitri over there, Newspoint. He put this up September 16th. It says that a huge street art mural depicting a smiling Bill Gates holding a syringe and saying, quote, Time to install your update has appeared in Melbourne, Australia, as the nation continues to revolt against harsh censorship, wall-to-wall surveillance, the digitalization of currency, and rigid social controls, including oppressive lockdowns. The mural was signed by Lush Sucks, an anonymous resistance artist known for trolling powerful figures. Meanwhile, growing protests in Australia's cities continue to demand Bill Gates face charges of crimes against humanity. Arrest Bill Gates. They're going to arrest him. I don't think so, but you get where I'm coming from. The idea is the word is getting out. The idea is that people are beginning to wake up. Waking up to the tyranny, waking up to the enslavement. What other better way to explain it than this right here? Major filed, major case filed against governor and the state of Ohio for restricting freedom without legitimate justification. That's right. People are waking up not only to Bill Gates, to the COVID-19 lockdowns, but the injustice that's taking place. This is put together by Activist Post. They put this up September 14th. This is Ohio attorney Tom Renz, on behalf of the plaintiffs, has filed a case against the state of Ohio and Governor Mike DeWine Renz is asking for a jury trial. This case, in the current climate, should provoke intense interest from the public and in every lawyer within the hailing distance. Here is the impressive, the impressive opening salvo in the court filing. This is in recent months. 
Entire states have been imprisoned without due process and with the clear threat to impose such lockdowns again. Interstate travel has been severely restricted. Privacy rights have been devastated. Numerous businesses taken without compensations and many regulations being implemented and without statutory process requirements under the guise of a health emergency that is roughly as dangerous as the seasonal influenza outbreak. The plaintiffs in this case have all been injured in various capacities by these unconstitutional actions and without action by the court will be left without redress. More terrifying, without action by the court, the court will be setting future precedent that will allow states to withhold fundamental constitutional rights in violation of U.S. Supreme Court precedent. Circumventing the various levels of scrutiny applied to such rights and justify such actions under public health emergency orders without subjecting those orders to any real review. Just trust the bureaucrats because they are the experts. Here is the most important point. It says, we humbly ask the court in this case to recognize that the political process of operative orders are invalid if based on false or misleading information and recognize the critically, the the criticality that all future emergency orders be based and maintained on clear, honest facts, particularly when such orders are infringing on constitutional rights. In other words, a state of a declared state of emergency cannot stand on the mere basis of arbitrary edict. Facts matter. Actual science matters. Reasons why an emergency declared matter. The people of Ohio are fighting back. And that's important that people understand this because just last week we were talking about uh, the Department of Health creating like sheltering facilities, FEMA facilities for the people there. So no, people don't want to be taken to these detainment facilities, no people don't want to have their rights trampled upon. They want to ex- they want to expose these people. They're being exposed. The injustice is being exposed. They want their free- their freedoms back. They want their rights back. This adversity, this COVID nineteen infection, some people aren't taking it t- standing down. Thank God, thank God, we have people fighting back. Thank God, we just don't have armchair researchers who say, oh. This is 3D, 4D chess, bro. Like, trust the plan. No, don't trust the plan. No, 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 no. No, we should not trust the plan. We need to fight back at every level. Right here, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. warns that Anthony Fauci is a fraud. And he has poisoned an entire generation of Americans. And we don't mean with vaccines, even though he's behind the AIDS scandal. There's, we don't, we all, there's information that he's worked with Wuhan Biolab and all this other stuff that he's poisoned the minds of people. He's poisoned the mind of an entire generation. This type of stuff has to be brought to light so that people are aware of this. Uh, ironically enough, this got a lot of traffic right now. It has over 11,000 likes. We put this up September 15th. It's from worldtruth.tv. And it says, during a recent episode of the Thomas Paine podcast, Robert F. Kennedy blew the lid on Dr. Anthony Fauci's extensive legacy of fraud and cover-ups throughout his lengthy medical career in the federal government. It says, Kennedy explained that Fauci has been a problematic character all throughout his more than 50-year tenure in public health, during which he has operated as a workplace tyrant and ruined the careers of countless physicians and researchers who, unlike himself, were upstanding and honorable individuals. Uh, yeah, now, now they have Fauci coming out saying that vitamin D is good for you. It's like, wow. So all that stuff we were talking about, about vitamin C being good for you, vitamin D being good for you, you know, get you some sunlight, UV treatments, like this is good, IV treatments, like, ugh. 
we had we had doctors being SWAT team for prescribing like casual vitamins to people, and now you have this guy coming out after the fact, not thinking, hey, maybe I should promote getting your immune system together. The vaccine is not the solution. Building your immune system is. Herd immunity is one thing, but why are we not talking about overall nutrition? Poison them. Poison them. It says Fauci has been with the National Institute of of Allergy and Infectious Disease since 1984. Can you say deep state? And he's known among those on the inside as the guy who's, quote, poisoned an entire generation of Americans, according to Kennedy. In In at least one instant. Fauci, Fauci targeted a whistleblower who was trying to expose the fact that America's blood supply is tainted with, dis- with deadly disease strains. Fauci ruined the career of this physician and proceeded to cover up his crucial research on the subject. Kennedy also warned during the program that Fauci has attacked many of the other good guys who have tried to serve the public rather than be shills for Big Pharma, Bill Gates, the mainstream media, and other deep state assets. You guys can go see the entire Thomas Paine podcast episode it's attached to the episode link. You can check it out. But this is people being aware of what's going on, aware of the corruption that's going on out there. I mean, good Lord. He's got ties to Wuhan. He works for Bill Gates. Why in God's name would we want to trust him? We have more evidence that the vaccine is going to be ineffective outside of somebody like Fauci talking to him, telling us. Why do we listen to him? You're arresting doctors, you're censoring them, you're deplatforming them, you're SWAT teaming them, you're taking away their funding. But we should listen to Fauci, who doesn't even abide by the very own standards that he applies to us? No way. And now, check this out. We talked about it just the other day, just last week with you guys. The trials that were taking place, I think, with AstraZeneca. They had a... (laughs) They stopped trials because somebody had spinal tap issues. Uh, but don't worry, they're continuing the trials in South Africa. This is an article put out there by Signs of the Time. They put this up September 15th. And it says, AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine trials suspended in the U.S. for at least several more days amid concerns over serious complications. It says that the experimental vaccine is drawing scrutiny after participants in the clinical trial were diagnosed with transverse myelitis, an inflammatory syndrome. The U.S. clinical trials of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine will be suspended for the next several days as the U.S. FDA investigates a potential side effect, according to Reuters. It says sources told the news agency on Monday that enrollment in the trial was not being reopened until at least midweek, pending the investigation. The FDA did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Says that the British Swedish pharmaceutical company's clinical trial was suspended last week after one volunteer was hospitalized and reportedly diagnosed with transverse myelitis, which causes infl- inflammation in the spinal cord and is associated with viral infections. <laughs> and you want to shoot people up with this, like live attenuated versions of this? It's going to go away without it. And was this a bioweapons attack? You see, because if this was a deliberate thing, a deliberate attack, we would have to go to war. The fact that they're not talking about this and allowing for companies to get involved and, ooh, get the government involved too, then they can get that money. And then they can act like they can care. Realize this is the same health organization, the same governmental structure telling you that there is more than two genders and they're polluting the water supply. So when you have these type of evil geniuses trying to figure out ways to not only poison you, but provide a, provide a pathway for you to pay for the treatments, 
This is the sophistication that we have to be aware of. It says Oxford University's AstraZeneca partner on the vaccine has already resumed its clinical trial in Britain, saying in a statement that adverse reactions were an, quote, expected part of the large trial, the BBC reported. The latest the late stage trial involves around 30,000 participants in the U.S., U.K., Brazil and South Africa. In the U.S., regulators are more hesitant to resume the trial with the, with the government-funded National Institutes of Health, having now launched an investigation on its own, Kaiser, on its own, Kaiser Health News reported on Monday. Quote, my highest levels of NIH are very conserved. Dr. Avindra Nath, the leader of the viral research at the NIH's Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, told the news outlet, quote, the last thing you want to do is hurt healthy people. Meanwhile, in South Africa, AstraZeneca, for some reason, is going ahead with the vaccine trials, knowing full well the potential harm that this could cause. AstraZeneca has resumed COVID-19 vaccine trials in South Africa more than a week after the tests were placed on hold with, due to a serious side effect in the participants in Britain, an official at the county's Department of Health told Reuters on Tuesday. Yeah, of course they're going to go ahead with it. They need those trials. And your life is a perfect thing to test. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but just last week we talked about it, that the, the polio outbreak that's going on in Africa was caused by Bill Gates's vaccine. So if they're trying COVID-19, if you see outbreaks of COVID-19 in South Africa, just realize it's because of these things. It's a real thing. That's a... It, it, it's just dangerous. All of this is dangerous. You know, taking people's blood, disappearing people, doing all this stuff is just beyond me. Because we're not on that same operating level. We're not crazy like these people trying to take your life, take your money, and trying to slow kill you over time. I have no need to do that. Right here, Bill Gates slams FDA, doubts the agency can be trusted with the COVID-19 vaccine. So this is just more of that political kabuki theater. Is what that is. Just just more of that. Oh, Gates doesn't trust the FDA. Oh, uh, uh, Trump doesn't trust Gates. I don't trust any of you. My body, my right, my choice. I'm not going to let anybody mandate anything. This is this is this is what happens when nobody's on the same page and whenever we're all at each other's throats. This is what happens whenever we're not thinking clearly. Um, and this is what happens whenever you have misinformation, fake news, corruption, uh, systemic resistance to leading towards degeneration. Nobody has any idea what's going on. That's why the vaccine is such a such a shady topic. It was like one beforehand, but now it's like now, now it's on steroids. But if you want my honest to God opinion, that right there tells you everything you need to know and why we need to stay away from this entirely. We need to get religious exemptions back. I think I think Kamala Harris is actually trying to push for that, trying to remove people's religious exemptions for for vaccines. So this is this is dangerous. Government mandated health care. Vaccine trials that cause spinal inflammation. Manufacture man-made viruses. I mean, my God, I think that's what we're going to play right right here for you guys next instead of Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about uh, hunkering down for the second wave fears. My God, I think we need to talk about this Chinese virologist that came out early this week saying that China made the virus and then they turned it loose. 
I'll show you guys real quick how this works. You can look at this, and I'll describe it for our audio listeners. I am currently fact-checked on a single post by three organizations, factcheck.org as well as USA Today. They are saying that coronavirus was not man-made or engineered, but its origins remain unclear. The quick video I'm going to play for you guys is the testimony of the Chinese viral- virologist, Dr. Li Mengyan, who states that China has made the COVID-19 virus and intentionally released it to cause harm to the rest of the world. Now, they're already telling you this is false. I don't think we'll play it in its entirety, but I do think we should have it on record. Uh, this does come from Tucker Carlson over there at Fox News. Take it with a grain of salt. Here we go. Again, right now, Li Mengyan is the virologist who says she has evidence about where this pandemic actually came from. We're happy to have her on tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, so, Tucker. Hi, Tucker. Thank you. Thank you. I know that you've published some of your research. You're planning on publishing more soon. Give us, for a non-scientific audience, a summary of why you believe this virus came from a lab in Wuhan. Please. Okay. Briefly, from my first report, I can present the solid scientific evidence to our audience that this virus, COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 virus, actually is not from nature. It is a man-made virus created in the lab based on the China military discovery and owned the very unique bad coronavirus, which cannot affect people, but after the modification, become the very harmful virus at now. So I have evidence to show why they can do it, what they have done. How does it do it? So what you're saying is much more sinister even than we've suggested on this show than Tom Cotton, so almost anyone suggested. You're saying that the Chinese government manufactured this virus, if I'm hearing you correctly. That's what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Based on the virus genome, it's basically like our fingerprint. So you can see the very unusual characters in their genome, which clearly, based on the other evidence they left during the modification, we can see finally this is exactly the one come from their own special bad coronavirus and then target human. What you're alleging is shocking more even than I anticipated when we invited you on. So I, I just want to ask the most obvious question, which is this, this genome presumably is in the possession of many researchers around the world. Why is nobody saying yeah. this if it's true? Yeah, why there is nobody won't say it is because of the big suppression come from the Chinese Communist Party government and also their friend in scientific world. So basically, this is very clearly that this virus is like Frankenstein. So he created those things like basically a cow has deer's head, has rabbit's ear, and also have monkey's hand. So they can get it from the nature. And there were evidence left in the genome. But the scientific world also kept silence, worked together with Chinese Communist Party. They don't want people to know this truth. Also, that's why I get suspended, I get suppression, I, is, I am the target that Chinese Communist Party won't be disappeared. You're a brave, you're a brave person. 
um, I, I, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and, and assuming you're not an anti-Chinese racist, so it's, it's not clear why Twitter would shut you down and why you're being ignored by the rest of the U.S. media. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, why yeah. would the Chinese government intentionally create a virus like this? Okay, if you want to know the exact motive, the exact idea, I think people have to come to ask them, ask Communist Party, why did they do it? Because they are the one who do it. We cannot always understand their evil thinking. You have to come to ask them. But what we see already prove that they have done that. It harmed everyone in the world, lead to the historic pandemic, involve everyone. How do you believe this virus made its way from the lab in Wuhan outside to the rest of the world? Okay, first, as I said, I have, uh, I have this kind of solid scientific evidence, and also my next report will come out soon to make you fully understand it is. The other thing is, I work in the WHO reference lab, which is the top coronavirus lab in the world in the University of Hong Kong. And since I get deeply into such investigation in secret from the early beginning of this outbreak, I had my intelligence because I also get my own unique network in China, involve the hospital, institute, and also government. Also, I work with the top coronavirologists in the world. So together with my experience, I can tell you, this is created in the lab. This is from that template owned by China military. And also, it is spread to the world to make such damage. To make such I'll, uh, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below, if you guys are curious. That was uh, Dr. Li Mingyan, the Chinese virologist, talking about how China manufactured coronavirus. Now, this is something we've been talking about clearly since it happened. We saw it happen. It, we, we, we literally saw it come from there. And part of the propaganda is that it is a naturally occurring virus that originated from some cave and that we are being punished for our sins. That's what Pope Francis says, uh, that we are being a terror upon the planet, that we are a plague itself and that they were the, the mother earth released the virus to, you know, to make us change our ways. That's a part of the narrative. That's, a, that's a part of the propaganda that it's, but it's not. This is a man-made virus. Yes, there is coronavirus in people's DNA. It's a naturally occurring thing. But the one that we are talking about right here is not. You can go look at things like Event 201. You can look at the, the military games that took place right there. I mean, you got to think about this, gangs. We are literally like a year later, <laughs> and we're still dealing with this. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that's why I kind of get frustrated is we are literally here a year later, coming up a year later. And we're just now wearing masks. Everybody's thinking it's cute. We're, the, 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 the country's being crippled. People aren't working. They're struggling financially. you got a demented old man up there on stage telling you that they're, they're just engaging in peaceful protest. It's like, come on. I think I'm going to go ahead and start closing out this segment. Uh, you know, As we're getting towards a little long in the tooth right here, Fauci's warning, quote, hunker down over winter. 
the second lockdown is coming. This is put up uh, by Max Lava over there, SHTF plan. They put this up September 14th. It says Dr. Anthony Fauci alluded to a second lockdown, saying Americans need to, quote, hunker down this winter because COVID-19 is, quote, not going to be easy. This is all about control, as the mainstream media reports that the coronavirus cases remain unacceptably high as schools and restaurants reopen and the flu season approaches. We've already been warned that a, quote, darkest winter is in store for us. Could that include another lockdown? Most likely. Prepare for it now, because autumn is, is quickly approaching. We have also already been told that they are planning a second lockdown, so that might be something to at least make preparations for right now. We need to hunker down and get through this fall and winter because it's not going to be easy, Fauci said during a panel discussion with Harvard Medical School on Thursday, according to Market Watch. The director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease drew on his experience and fraud battling the HIV's epidemic, HIV-AIDS epidemic in the 1980s and the 1990s, which began with a handful of cases before becoming a global pandemic that has caused tens of millions of deaths and infected more than 70 people worldwide in the decades since. This is the psychopath Fauci also warned that we should expect the worst and not hold out hope that these tyrants will stop committing terrorism against us. Quote, we've been through this before, he said. Quote, don't ever, ever underestimate the potential of the pandemic and don't try to look at the rosy side of things. We're being held hostage. That's what's happening. We're being held hostage emotionally and you have masked thugs out there trying to enforce it. Getting back into this, it says that, quote, I keep looking at that curve and I get more depressed and more depressed about the fact that we never really get down to the baseline like I'd like, he said. The Centers for Disease, for Disease Control and Prevention Director Robert Redfield also recently warned that Americans are in, quote, for the worst fall from a public health perspective we've ever had, citing concerns of the possible twindemic of COVID-19 cases and the seasonal flu, both overwhelming hospitals. The flu was seen between 140,000 and, uh, and 810,000 people hospitalized each year since 2010 and is responsible for between 12,000 and 61,000 deaths a year. So they're already telling you, hey, hunker down. Get ready. But see, I also feel like that's, that's doublespeak. Because as we're talking about, you know, the 50-day siege that's taking place today, and the White House. They're also talking about a darkest winter. I can't help but think of other crazy and chaotic things that are supposed to go down. I just can't help it. You know, right here, CBP seizes 500,000 counterfeit N95 masks from China. This is one of my first initial worries, right? Were a lot of the masks that we were importing from China, could those have been contaminated with the disease? It happened out there in the UK. Who's to say that it won't happen here? They're saying that the masks themselves are ineffective. It's like you're, you're basically just breathing your own you know, sickness. Like this is so Looney Tunes, upside down world. That's why I call it COVID-1984, that we should not listen to Big Brother, that we should not listen to mommy media make these decisions. Yes, be informed. Yes, be educated. Yes, be brought up to speed with all these things that are going on. But don't be dependent upon them for your every bit of crucial information. They don't know what's best for you. They know what they need to do to keep you on the dole, to keep you on their trail. Don't do that. Learn to fight back. Learn to fight back. But speaking of fighting back, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, 
we're going to be talking about the troubling times that are on our horizon and why it's imperative that we begin to fight today. You have food banks warning that we're not going back to any back to normal anytime soon. The cost of living continuing to rise amongst Americans as they struggle to get by COVID-1984, as well as the hashtag cancel Netflix trending after the release of that TV show, Cuties, or that movie, Cuties. That's right. People don't want to see pedophilia on their screens. But again, this is a part of the externalization of the hierarchy. If they can put it out there that they diddle children and that they do these strange things, it'll separate the flock. And that's exactly what they want. They want the people that are malleable. We'll be getting into that and more on the other side. Troubling times is coming your way. We're going to take a quick break and get into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Taken over the Democratic Party and food supplies have been completely wiped out. We have our evacuation of all counties. I report complete devastation. We have a giant forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And I was great at a monster, but nobody wants to see monsters no more. They want shady. I'm chopped liver. And well, if you want shady, this is what I'll give you. And I don't know the rest of the lyrics, but it's the third segment, and we're a little crazy as we get to the end of the show. Troubling times. You know, again, um, this has kind of been the theme of everything that's going on uh, throughout this entire episode, that the times, like, there is nothing new under the sun, and that the times try the man's soul, and that it's the times that make the man, it's the man that fits the time, and this type of nonsense, you get me? that there is a great separation happening and the civil war is a very real thing and people are being divided amongst any type of line, good versus evil, uh, homosexuality versus heterosexuality, uh, sobriety versus intoxication, uh, free versus bonded, mask versus no mask, uh, healthcare versus government versus private healthcare. Yeah, you know, like everybody's being divided among so many different lines that it is crazy. It's a great separation taking place, and the delusions will grow stronger. And I'm saying, and, I, and I'm sure there's people on the other side that say the same thing about me. Like, gosh, wow, freedom has become so diluted over these days. But you see, that's 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 a part of what's happening right now. And again, me talking about Patrice Colors, one of the co-founders of BLM, saying that she practices witchcraft. That's part of the externalization of the hierarchy. That's part of putting it out there in your face to see if you're really about that, to see if you're really about Black Lives Matter, to see if you're really down for the cause. That's something you're really going to hear me say a lot more throughout the entire episode, the externalization of the hierarchy. And I would definitely recommend you guys go check it out because what this is is saying, hey, we're taking this secret occult mysterious, like behind-the-door scenes type stuff, this working that we're doing, and we're going to put it out there to see if people really are about the, deep, the, the deeper and the darker mysteries of it. When we're, when we're talking about pedophilia, Satanism, uh, Freemasonry, Zionism, secret societies, anything like this, any type of organization that has like a, a incremental ladder to darkness, you've got to understand that it's not going to come out outright and say, no, we, we, we sacrifice children. No, we do that. They have to make it fun and trendy. That's why they make like it. You have to understand the sophistication of evil. That's why it says even in the good book that even the devil can masquerade himself as an angel of light for he was. And then he fell. People really have to understand, again, the sophistication as well as the delusion that's taking place and, and some of the other factors, the contributing factors that aid along this. Social media, um, social pressure outside of social media, the lack of individual willpower, the lack of information, right? Ignorance, arrogance. There's a lot of different factors that come into this, but that's why we try to take the time to break these things down to you guys so people really understand this. So when I say the externalization of the hierarchy, the externalization of the method is to inculcate people into their thought process. And what better way to explain this, 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 this conflict than this? 
cancel Netflix trends after Cutie release as the media critics dismiss outrage at child sexualization as right-wing campaign. That's right. They're saying people who don't go along with hyper with hypersexualized children, oh, you're just some right-wing conservative nut job, huh? You don't want to see little kids twerk on the screen? How, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, not posh. Um, how prude of you. There you go. Yeah. How prude of you not to want to see scantily clad little girls dancing provocatively. Let me get into this. We put this up September 11th. It comes from Signs of the Times. It says the debut of Cuties on Netflix has sparked, has sparked renewed accusations that the streaming giant is sexualizing children. But the New Yorker seems unbothered, sparking backlash after calling the anger over the movie a, quote, right wing campaign. Huh. It says Cuties, which debuted on Netflix on Wednesday, previously inspired controversy over a poster featuring prepubescent girls posing provocatively. The synopsis accompanying the photo did not help either. Describing an 11-year-old who begins to, quote, explore her femininity as she tries to join a twerking dance crew. Netflix apologized for the inappropriate artwork used to promote the French film, but now the footage from the movie itself has critics branding it as, quote, softcore child pornography and deeming those behind it criminals. While the movie has plenty of critics, it also has its defenders. The New Yorker, for instance, called the movie, quote, extraordinary and said it had become the, quote, target of a right wing campaign. New Yorker critic Richard Brody backs up his theory by saying that, quote, some well-known figures on the far right are upset over the film. Though if social media reaction is anything to go by, the outrage over the film is hardly restricted to conservatives. Quote, the media is revolting and complicit in the promotion of child sexualization and pedophilia. Blaze editor Jessica Fletcher wrote in the reaction to the New Yorker piece, quote, Targeting pedophilic television is a notice that you can be proud of, right-wingers, pundit David Harrisy added. Meanwhile, in the UK's Telegraph review, quote, Cutie is described as a provocative powder keg for an age terrified of child sexuality. Huh. A provocative powder keg for an age terrified of child sexuality. Did you know? That little baby over there is really, really sexy. Like I can't even I can't even joke and get in the mindset of some of these perverts, my friends. Like like good lord. Evil, wicked stuff. But again, the externalization of the hierarchy. Yeah, we diddle children. Yes, we like to see scantily clad children do do provocative things. We practice witchcraft. Yes, abortions are a part of our religious freedom. Yes, we want more of the strange stuff. Like, at, on a certain level, we really should not be surprised by what we're seeing. If anything, we should expect this type of stuff to come out. I mean, my God, we didn't even have time to cover this a couple weeks ago, but right here, California passes bill reducing penalties for oral anal sex with willing kids. Like, my Christ. This is SB 145. I, I don't even want to have that, that, that creepy-looking pervert pedophile on the screen. Again, in my own personal life, I'm finding out that I can't talk about the witches, the warlocks, the occultists, and the trannies because they are a protected class. What happened to calling these people pedophiles and perverts for sexualizing kids? How is that a protected class? It's not a sexualization. This, is, this We're trying to green light degeneration, bro. 
And again, you got to think about this. I had this revelation a couple of years ago when we began to really dive into pedophilia. When we had Dr. John A. King on, when we were talking about internet grooming, uh, when we had hunted and confronted on those pedophile hunters, it's a real thing. Pedophiles don't have kids. The ones that do, they end up unfortunately messing with them. The way that a pedophile breeds is the same way that a vampire breeds. It infects others with its, with its sickness. And I don't mean to sound vindictive, but it's just how it works. It's not right. Oh, this person just loves kids. Well, how about you have kids and let this man... It, it, it's, it's disgusting. It truly is disgusting. Um, let me get into this and then I'll continue on. This is what I mean by troubling times. We shouldn't be confront. We shouldn't be caught off guard by this, but we should also expect this. This is them saying, no, we're coming for your guns. We also want your kids. We're going to castrate. We're, we're, we're going to sterilize and castrate. We're going to do these strange things. That's why at this point, all we have is resistance. Oh, but here, let me get into this article. Like I said, we put this up September 4th. It comes from your newswire. It's by Sean Anatolabi. It says, California lawmakers passed a bill this week that, were, that would reduce penalties for adults who have oral or anal sex with a willing child if the sex offender is within 10, age of the, 10 years of age of the victim. The controversial bill now heads to the desk of, Gavin, of Governor Gavin Newsom. This is according to SB 145. The new law would, quote, exempt from mandatory registration as a sex offender, quote, a person convicted of certain offenses involving minors if the person is not more than 10 years older than the minor. And if that offense is only one requiring is the only one requiring the person to register. This is BrightRot.com reports that the measure would allow a judge to decide if an adult who engages in acts with a child must register as a sex offender if that person is within 10 years of the victim. I don't even really want to continue to go on into this because it's just perversion. It says in January 2019, the San Francisco Examiner reported on the introduction of the bill by State Senator Scott Weiner, who claimed the current law, which states that oral and anal sex between an adult within 10 years of the age of a willing minor requires the adult to be a registered sex offender discriminates against LGBT individuals. I I can't even. I literally can't even. I I like want to throw up in my mouth. Um I legit want to throw in throw up in my mouth because you're 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 literally saying that it's okay for pedophiles to do this like, "Oh, don't worry. It's okay." It's like you're going to let violent criminals and thugs out of jail because of coronavirus and then you're going to basically allow for pedophilia, you're going to green light pedophilia and not expect children to be in fear of their life. Like right here, suicides among kids and young adults soaring. Yeah. When, 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 when children are seeing their family throw away their lives and that they can't protect them from this authoritarian and tyrannical government, right? Mom's, mom's cucked because she's too addicted to Starbucks. Dad's addicted to his phone, right? Kids are going to kill themselves. No one's standing up for them, right? You, they have AOC over here telling them that uh, the world's going to end in 10 to 12 years. You know, COVID-19 happens. They can't even go to school and see their friends. Nobody's fighting back. They're not hearing resistance. Everybody's just complying. They're not seeing a bright and a hopeful outlook on the future. They've taken away religion. They've taken away anything that could offer any true, any true understanding to 